Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Friday, the 11th of June. Freedom for millions of Melbourne residents this morning as the state's fourth lockdown ended at midnight overnight. After two weeks of tough COVID restrictions, residents can now leave their home for any reason but are still restricted to a 25-kilometre limit. But late yesterday, health authorities tightened their rules on masks, making residents wear them both indoors and in outdoor settings after four new COVID cases in the state were recorded, which are not linked to the current clusters. Victoria's Deputy Chief Health Officer Alan Cheng says the state's COVID crisis is far from over. These new cases are really the strongest reminder that we are no means out of the woods yet. Health authorities are reassuring the public the COVID vaccines are safe after the death of another woman from rare blood clots. The 52-year-old woman from New South Wales is the second person in Australia to die from the extremely rare side effect, which is linked to the AstraZeneca jab. It's believed she suffered severe blood clotting on the brain. Chief Medical Officer Paul Kelly says the risk still remains incredibly small. It's only the second death with now over 3.6 million doses of this vaccine being given across Australia. I will point out that this this remains an extremely rare event uh, to get these serious clots, but when they happen, uh, as we've seen in this case, uh, it can have tragic circumstances. Meantime, it's been suggested a COVID-positive couple who travelled through New South Wales and Queensland may not have broken any lockdown rules. Victorian police say the pair may have been moving interstate, giving them a legitimate reason to travel. It's believed the husband may have been moving for work, but there are reports the couple may still have breached Queensland's border rules if they didn't have a valid permit. Vice President of the Australian Medical Association, Dr Chris Moy, says the rules around travel need to be clarified. There has been a level of confusion between the various states and you can only have to look at the websites to understand you have to navigate that every time you have to consider travelling. The New South Wales government has announced plans to allow international university students back into the state to help boost the struggling billion-dollar education sector. Under the scheme, the small number of university students from select countries would have to stay in purpose-built accommodation and adhere to the same quarantine measures as other travellers. New South Wales Treasurer Dominic Perrottet says the return of international students will not affect the cap on Australians returning home. Importantly, not one returning Australian will not get a seat on a plane uh, as a result of this plan. A travel bubble between Australia and Singapore was top of the agenda as both leaders met overnight during Scott Morrison's overseas trip. Mr Morrison stopped in Singapore on the way to the G7 summit in the UK. Both countries admit the bubble is some months away, with widespread vaccination and low transmission rates an essential part of the deal going ahead. Here is the Prime Minister, Scott Morrison. Uh, There is still some time before we reach that milestone, uh, but there is nothing impeding us, as we've discussed today, from getting on with the job of putting systems in place uh, that will enable such a, a bubble to emerge between Singapore and Australia as it does now occur between Australia and New Zealand. 
let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. And we return to Victoria and hundreds of thousands of residents remain without power after some of the worst storms in decades swept across the state. At least one man has died after becoming trapped in his car in rising floodwaters. As James Lake reports from Melbourne, a number of flood warnings still remain in place. We were told it was going to be our worst weather in a decade, Tash, and it probably was. The SCS say it was their busiest day on record with more than 6,700 calls for help over 24 hours. As you mentioned, a man tragically lost his life after getting trapped in floodwaters near the Gippsland Lakes and large areas around Turalgan are still underwater this morning. Elsewhere in the state, we had a tree fall and smash an ambulance while paramedics were rescuing a family from their home, which was also crushed by a tree. As of this morning, more than 150,000 homes are still without power across Victoria and authorities say the lights may be out still for more than a week. To New South Wales and investigations are continuing after a 61-year-old grandmother was shot dead as she answered her front door in Newcastle, north of Sydney. Police say the attack was targeted, but they're still searching for a motive. Our reporter Hamish Finlay has more from Newcastle. Well, Tash, friends of the Stockton grandmother and retired swimming coach who was shot dead as she answered her door on Wednesday night say so she and her family were terrorised in the lead-up to her death. Stacey Klimovich was murdered as she answered the door at her Queen Street flat. Her daughter and granddaughter were also at home at the time. According to witnesses, there was a brief verbal fight before she was shot. They also reported a car speeding off. The 31-year-old daughter had recently moved in with her mum. According to friends, it was after a man repeatedly broke into her late Macquarie home. Police say they are convinced it was a targeted attack and they are appealing for help from the public. Now for the latest in business and finance news, we're joined this morning by Scott Phillips from The Motley Fools. Scott, good morning. Happy Friday. Now, we were promised by many that interest rates would not increase for a number of years, but now it seems there won't just be one rate rise on the cards. There's speculation there could be three or four on the way. Tash, good morning and happy Friday to you as well. Yeah, that's the, look, and I suppose this is one of those challenges where it's good news and bad news, right? No one wants to pay more on their mortgages, but the RBA had said, look, it's going to be 2024 until we actually start moving. This was the, the, the current line, still is the current line, by the way. The bond market that we've talked about this before is predicting four moves now by the end of 2024. And the ANZ actually bringing that forward and saying, and they think two of those will actually be in 2023. Now, yes, that's still two years away, but we're already seeing fixed term interest rates increased. Westpac have put theirs up only this week. So rate rises are coming like winter, although winter's kind of here in some parts of Australia, and we're going to have to get used to it. As I said, good news for the economy that we can do it. Bad news for those of us paying off a mortgage. Now, also, Scott, uh, inflation is a big area of concern we need to watch at the moment, but it may be mm. coming from quite an unusual source as the cost of shipping goes through the roof. That's right. So, I mean, the COVID sort of second, third order effects are really still hitting home. We've talked about the computer chip shortage, of course, in the past. This time it's shipping and shipping is up, believe it or not. And now this is probably not super surprising because it was terrible this time last year, but 500%. No one was in anything last year. This year, they're trying to sell it and everything across the oceans, 500%, but on even on more normal levels, about a two or three times increase in the cost of shipping because everyone all of a sudden is trying to get back in business post-COVID, and that's really pushing up the cost of everything. Now, you know, push up the cost of a car by a couple of bucks, I suppose, if you, you know, it's, it's a big bulky item, it's expensive already. 
But think about, you know, really low-cost items like food or clothing. You're not seeing a tin of baked beans across the ocean or, or a couple of T-shirts. The, the increase in cost of shipping is actually a major component of the cost of the product. And so, yeah, we may well see on the grocery shelves and supermarkets, department stores around the country, prices start to rise as soon as next month. And also the cost of the gig economy. This is a fascinating story, Scott. The Transport Workers Union has used parliamentary privilege to disclose exactly how much Uber paid a driver to drop her lawsuit. That's right. Now, this is not just about this driver, of course. Uber, presumably, allegedly, desperate to avoid this going to court because an adverse finding against the company may undo basically most of the working conditions, pay rates, the whole lot. If if an Uber driver is considered a permanent employee, for example, or should have the rights of a casual rather than the gig worker, the independent contractor that we know today, that would really upend the business models of Uber, uh, all the others, Deliveroo, you know, the whole, the whole box and dice. In this case, Uber apparently paid $400,000 to this lady to make sure this case didn't make it to court in what could have been a precedent-setting move. Goes to show just how expensive, at least for some people, those delivered meals are because Uber was prepared to pay a very large amount of money to make sure we never got to court. Certainly was, Scott. Thank you. Thanks, Tash. Time for Sport Now with Brett Thomas. And Brett, the Cats overcame some unusual challenges to beat the power in Adelaide last night. Yes, good morning, Tash. They got to Adelaide uh, pretty early yesterday. They had to go straight to the ground and spent uh, several hours there preparing for that match against the power. Here are some of the uh, the challenges that they faced while they were waiting for that game. Here's their coach, Chris Scott. I mean, some of the pictures would have been quite comical. We've got guys sleeping under tablecloths, trying to get some darkness and you know, guys spread out. It was, I think if, if I were uh, a more of a, uh, a crazy coach looking around, I would have been a lot more worried than I was because there were some strange scenes. It was, a, it was a strange preparation. Well, they managed to overcome all of that. They beat the power by 21 points last night. Jeremy Cameron and Tom Hawkins combining for nine goals. Uh, Gary Rowan chipped in with three. So they are once again a premiership contender. Uh, they're flying Flight, though, was cancelled last night. They were due to leave straight away after the game under the SA's uh, COVID rules, but unfortunately, fog uh, grounded them in Adelaide, so they will depart uh, from South Australia this morning to come back home. Tonight, we've got the Swans and the Hawks. Hawthorne uh, introducing a player they only drafted nine days ago in Giant Newcomb, so we'll watch out for him tonight. No pressure for him, poor guy. <laughs> and also, Brett, to the NRL, Queensland hopes of keeping Origin could take a hit with two key players nursing injuries. Yes, Dane Gagai sent for scans on a suspected broken hand. Jai Arrow has sore ribs. He won't line up for Souths against the Knights tomorrow night. Uh, but their biggest concern, according to Mark Guy, is in the centres. Tommy Turbo, Latrell Mitchell were just on fire in Townsville on Wednesday night. MG isn't sure they have anyone capable of matching it with those two. But the cupboard's pretty bare as far as Queensland's centre. Go and that's the big worry. Do you go back to the well of last year where you find someone like a Branko Lee or a Philip Sammy who who can just do the job as centres? And Daily Cherry Evans will back up tonight uh, for Manly, but Tommy Turbo has been given the night off, and uh, we can understand why after the sort of night he had on Wednesday. He was sensational, and also in the tennis, Brett will have two first time finalists at the French Open. Yes, Barbara Krachikova uh, from the Czech Republic winning an epic three-setter this morning against Maria Sakari. 9-7 it went to in the third. She'll meet to the Russian 31st seed Anastasia Pavlichenkova. She's a late bloomer, 29 through to her first final this morning. Then, of course, we've got the men's semis coming up as well. Rafael Nadal and Novak Djokovic. That will be epic uh, tomorrow morning. Cannot wait. Thanks so much, Brett, and have a lovely weekend. You too. Thanks, Tash. 
and records have been broken as wild weather smashes Australia's east coast. While Victoria was hit with devastating floods and widespread blackouts, Queensland shivered through its coldest morning of the year yesterday, and it was the coldest June day in Sydney in 122 years, with parts of New South Wales and Victoria covered in the heaviest snow seen in decades. Stay warm. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also find the latest episode on a whole new world of audio by downloading the new listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great weekend. Stay safe and stay warm. And we'll see you bright and early on Monday. Listener.